Welcome to FinTech's DEI Discussions podcast series. This is the Women of FinTech chapter, and we are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today, we are joined by Rima Rao, Head of Payments Compliance and Financial Products, APAC, at Uber. And this is a very special episode because it's being released ahead of Pay360 2024 with the event's headliners. Rima is here today to share how she walks the talk for inclusion in our sector and what more she wants done. Rima, thank you so much for joining me. Tell us a little bit more about your role and how you got into this line of work. Thank you, Nadia. It's amazing to be here today. A little bit about myself. I actually started out in the financial services industry uh, and oddly enough, I joined a payments team. Nobody ever joins payments uh, because they want to. It's generally by accident. <laughs> and that's how I started and that's how I got into payments. So within the financial services industry, e-commerce, consulting, and then back to um, commerce with Uber. I had traveled uh, the world with my work as well, covering not just Malaysia, but also Singapore, the UK, Chile, and now I'm based out of the Netherlands in Amsterdam. So it's been a fascinating ride. I joined Uber four years ago, moved to Amsterdam. Beautiful city. If you've not been, you have to visit. And for those of you visiting at any point soon, hit me up. <laughs> we can definitely get a coffee. I started out at Uber in their electronic money institution, Uber Payments BV, four years ago. I joined as a compliance professional. My body of work throughout my entire career has been within the compliance and risk sector. So I started and built up the institution with 10 other people at that point. It has now grown to almost 40 people. After I did compliance for a bit, I then moved into a strategy role. And then from there, I did dabble into APAC as well, where I helped build a compliance team in Taiwan, and now I'm building in APAC. So I guess how I got into this line of work is actually a very interesting story. But the reason I stay is because payments is just such an interesting realm. Every day is different, and I love to build in the world of payments. So it's fascinating. Super fascinating. And it's just so amazing to hear that you started within a section of the business where it was 10 and now it's 40, like such volumes of growth that you've been uh, a part of. And I know that you're a massive supporter of the wider industry, Pay360, this brilliant event that's coming up and you're one of the headline speakers. Tell us a bit more about Pay360 and what makes it so special as an event. I think it's one of those conferences that just as a payments professional, you cannot miss. It is the pinnacle of every single payments professional's year. We come together every year at Pay360. We discuss what the latest trends and innovations in the payments industries are. And there are a variety of different keynote speakers that are featured. At the same time, you have workshops you have panels, and you also have plenty of networking opportunities for the duration of the event. And the best part about Pay360 is the range it covers within payments. It doesn't just go into the usual call payments. It also goes into cybersecurity, blockchain, and more. So it is a fantastic conference to visit, uh, and I'm definitely looking forward uh, to being there this year. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm looking forward to um to hearing you speak as well. And I know that um inclusion and diversity is still so important to this space, and especially in today's industry. I wanted for you just to share some of the communities you support, what you've been doing, what they do, because they're all so important. Yeah, the women agenda to me is extremely important, as well as the Asian agenda, but uh, I'm more focused on women, especially at Uber. I'm the global board member and chair of women at Uber EMEA, which is an employee resource group uh, at Uber. It's one of the 12 employee resource groups we have, and it is the biggest. The aim of women at Uber is to empower women with experiences to help advance them and develop them to be the best version of themselves. This is something I wholeheartedly believe in because it relates back to my very own story of coming into the corporate world and how I started out not knowing how to go about navigating this world, only to go into industries where you're told what to do as a woman, you're, tried, you're being molded into a man, basically, in order to survive the world. And then coming to Uber and realizing that maybe I need to do something about it. When I first found out about women at Uber, I thought this was one of those companies, again, that just talks about DEI but doesn't walk the talk. So I decided to join women at Uber and I realized how much work they were doing just to advance women internally, but also for our women drivers. So that was when I started changing my mind a little okay, maybe it's just me. I need to start looking deep down and seeing how this works. I got myself a coach and this particular career coach actually opened my mind into how the way I had been molded uh, by society and also by people in the corporate world previously had left me to realize that I may not necessarily know myself well enough as a woman. So that put life into perspective uh, for me. And after that particular coaching uh, instance, uh, it made me an even stronger advocate for women and how we can do better to support each other as women. And that's the essence of uh, women at Uber, essentially. So when I took on the role of the chair, I basically started to ensure that our strategy was more linked back to the business needs. One of the big things we launched was a program called Gig Sister. Gig Sister is basically a community program for women drivers, where we bring women drivers in different markets through events, and we get them to network, we get them to build that community that they so crave, because oftentimes, whenever we sit with women drivers, they are shocked to see another woman driver, <laughs> if they don't see them on the road. So that has been a, a big priority to get them connected. We create official WhatsApp groups for them to mend and for them to chat in without us interrupting. We stay connected with them uh, on a quarterly basis. We connect with them to understand what can we do better in our app to further improve the experience for them. The aspect of the Women Earner piece is also our partners. We do partner with L'Oreal to roll out a couple of anti-harassment trainings for our women drivers live. And we're looking to see how we can explore that partnership further this year. So it, it's a big deal. We are extremely excited to see the program grow and hopefully be scaled globally. So looking forward to that. But uh, otherwise, we also have multiple programs such as coaching opportunities internally, where we pilot programs 
that involve women to women coaching, which is always more personal. And a lot of women have requested that. And we also have a very strong male allyship program where we get more men to support women and we teach them and educate them on what are the pitfalls uh, that they may fall into uh, whenever they try to be an ally. Because oftentimes uh, they understand what me what it means to be an ally, but they don't know how to practice it. So those are things that we also do uh, internally. I'm so excited hearing all the things that you are involved in and how you're turning the desire of a more inclusive workplace and work environment into the reality and these things you are expanding them globally and rolling them out I love how you call it a big deal because it's it's all such big deals that you're talking about today and I I really like this final point you made about helping people to be real allies because I totally agree there's so many people out there that want to be an ally they're just not sure how and I think one of the things that I always like exploring on this podcast is around the importance of having more champions for inclusion and how that's actually going to be the drivers across payments fraud tech to really make the difference what are your thoughts yeah definitely I think when we talk about allyship and we try and understand how to champion DNI in the right way we need to first understand why we need everyone at the table it's one thing to say women for women it's difficult to get a seat in the table that's one side of the conversation but in order for women to continue getting seats on the table or even start getting a seat at the table we need to bring men to the table for them to understand and learn that it's difficult for us to get a seat in the table here are things that you're doing that's preventing us from doing so What can you do to support us to get it? And not in a way that we're telling men, this is what you need to do to jump in and speak up for a woman. You're telling them, no, support me when I'm speaking my mind. And I think that those are things that you need to look into where allyship is concerned. And secondly, I think is the most important piece is bias busters. These are very important things. Oftentimes you get a man that goes out there and does um, great work and he's called bold and ambitious. When a woman does the same, she's called difficult, emotional or dramatic or aggressive. Uh, And I think those bias buses are very important and uh, men need to advocate more for that. Uh, That's the kind of culture we need to start building within this industry that is predominantly uh, male. So I think it's very important to have that conversation. Yeah, bias busters. Like you're absolutely right. It's super important that we're doing that. And as many of us are involved in breaking those myths. My last question of this podcast is about it's about the audience, really, and how much more active they can be and what they can be doing. So what would you like to see more of from the industry, from the listeners to themselves and their workplaces at their events that they can drive forward inclusion? I think it starts with identifying what constitutes to underrepresented groups within the payments industry. That message is pretty clear, and I think the definition is pretty clear as to who falls under those groups, women being one of them. And knowing that they are underrepresented groups, what can we do for them to support them better? And this doesn't just apply to the binary sense of men and women. This also applies to women in positions of power bringing other women up. Not that there's a whole lot of pressure on them, but the fact that they are in a position to be able to do that 
it also helps that they can unlock doors for more women. The first thing I would say, people in this industry, as well as the audience that's listening today, that you need to do more is find a way to sponsor more underrepresented groups within our community. Um, sponsor meaning find a way to unlock doors, um, introduce someone to another person uh, to be a speaker at an event, for example. In fact, when Patriot 60 happened, I was actually introduced by someone that I met at an event who told me I should definitely speak at this event. That's also how doors opened for me. I, I think find a sponsor and someone who's willing to to be there for you, who sees your potential, who loves to listen to you and thinks your perspective add a lot of value. Find that that person who's going to help you pave the way with you to get somewhere in this industry. The second thing I would say you would need is a coach. If you don't already have one, you should get one because living through this industry is quite difficult especially if you're an underrepresented group, know that you may need extra support and you should ask for help and you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help in that sense, being a coach. So get a coach to help you coach, to coach you through difficult times, but also understand how you thrive in this industry and also what brings you down and how can you navigate through those waters. And lastly, this is probably a very unpopular opinion I would say getting a mentor is also something you should look into. Getting a sponsor, a coach, a mentor are three very important things that you should get. Getting a mentor and networking kind of fall in the same bucket to me because I find that most mentors show up when I network. <laughs> so you're most likely to get a mentor as you network. And mentors are obviously one that you would use on a short-term basis and someone that can share their experiences and how they navigated certain things with you for you to understand and potentially emulate your own way on how to solve the particular predicament. So I think having a mentor is also important when you're within the underrepresented bucket. So I think these are the three things that I would look into. And of course, that work is really important. <laughs> At join conferences like Tape 360, because that's where you're going to find a super supportive network. Uh, I, I think I am blessed being in the payments industry. Oftentimes, uh, when I was in the financial service industry or consulting, it's very difficult where you find a network that uh, truly looks to bring other people up. But being in the payments industry has made me realize that actually you're surrounded by almost the same faces most of the time, and they love uh, bringing you up, and they love putting you forward, and they love hearing all your experiences and perspectives. So I think building that network, making sure you have that strong support from the industry behind you is is crucial. And I've absolutely enjoyed today's session talking to you and hearing your experiences and your perspectives. And your advice has been absolutely invaluable. And I can't wait to hear what you talk about when I see you on stage at Pay360. So thank you for joining us on FinTech's DEI discussions. Let's listen, let's learn, let's walk the talk. Mm -hmm.